Wolf and Luke. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. He played tackle in the NFL for more than a decade. Max Starks. Max Starks. Maximum football. Please welcome from the University of Florida, tackle Max Starks. Max is here for one final segment. We got to talk a little college football with uh, with Max here, Wolf, because yes, the Florida Gators won and somehow jumped all the way up to number twelve in the top twenty-five. Stunning. They beat Utah, but also, I, and this is where I want to start, Max. Um, what can you tell us about Emory Jones, who is now obviously ASU's quarterback? And I thought looked decent in the opener, but I also it's tough to get a read when they mostly ran and they were facing NAU. I can tell you after the game, he seemed and, and he's really been this way the last couple months. Very excited specifically to be in Tempe and kind of get a fresh start. But what did you see from him with all your Florida watching? Mm, so, good luck uh, the season. <laughs> no, um, only say good things. You got to sugarcoat this he, I, I, That's why I said good luck. Oh, I said thanks. good luck. Okay. Well, well, thank you. Yeah, yeah no. Um, no, I mean, Emory, Emory is, a, is a good game manager. Um, if you have a lot of other pieces around, I think Emory can be decent. Um, the problem is, is some of the accuracy things, I mean, that we saw last year, which prompted kind of the Anthony Richardson conversation, which, of course, now Anthony Richardson is the starting quarterback at Florida. Um, but Emory, Emory's a very reserved kind of dude. Um, I think a change of venue is going to help him a lot. And I think he just has to be himself. You, know, you can't picture him to be something that he's not like you can't say oh we want him to have the legs of Jaden Daniels you know it's like no that's not gonna work mm. um he he's a guy who's a very studious player a player who you know has the trust of his teammates they love him they think he's a great teammate a great leader but there's just there's some deficiencies there like I said the accuracy is one of those things the other thing is going to be just when you want him to run I don't know if he's as effective as a runner so he's more of that pocket type of guy that can't have pressure in his face so if you can shore up the offensive line I know yes it's northern Arizona you glean that way however you will but it was it's going to be up and down with him you're not going to get consistently oh my gosh this is a difference maker this is the highest level of football it's going to be Oh, okay. Well, hey, he's not losing us the game, so that is a positive. So, Max, um, although it's not going to happen this year or even next year, um, the college football playoff expanding to 12 teams. How do you feel about this? You know, I feel good about this, and I feel better about it if they announced this a year ago. <laughs> um, you know, thank you for dusting this off of your desk, college football playoff committee and chancellors. Um, because I think you could have you could have possibly have saved the Pac-12 um, a, lo- a lot easier. I think the Big 12, you might not have got Texas Oklahoma to jump so fast if you knew there were auto bids um, for the top six programs. You know your Power Five plus top group of five auto bids, and then of course merit through the rest. I think you could have staved off extinction um, a little bit better out west because now you know this pretty much fast tracks it to eventually come to a three conference. Superpowers, um, where you're going to have, of course, the Big Ten, the SEC, and however you consolidate the Big 12, Pac 12, um, in whatever package it is. Yeah, I think there's um, going to be two, Max. I think there's going to be two. I think there's going to be. I was, I was, well, 
I was originally on two as well, Wolf. I thought north and south. Make it nice yeah, and easy. right. And go with it, right? Give your three auto bids to each and then let it be the best six of the rest, right? But I think... There was a compelling argument made, and I, I forgot who I was talking to. From um, <laughs> maybe it from, was from Craig. <laughs> well, no, it was Big Twelve Radio. It was Big Twelve Radio. It was Big Twelve Radio. Okay. And, uh, and, and we were having a, and we were having this conversation on air, and he made a compelling argument that because the West gets such a disproportionate amount, you have to create a conference that has most of that West mountainy region. Um, in it as opposed to cutting it in half just because of regionality purposes, right? Because you, it's colder up north than it is down south. Sure. And there's the differences between, especially if you're going to do the home and homes for the first round, which is proposed, um, it creates an unfair advantage. So you have to have a mix um, in that environment. So I was like, okay, I can, I can get on board with three. I, it, two makes it so tough. Like you said, to do north and south, you got to have a little bit more of regionality because imagine if your US, USC will probably go into sure. that northern region, sure. but USC having to travel to Temple. Yeah, yeah. Rutgers. Here's the thing, though, that those I would say horrible. to you. Yeah, this is what I would say to you, Max. You have divisions yeah, within those up. conferences. Divisions. But now, how I mean, do you get to the champions, though? That, that's the problem. Now you're getting an extended playoff if you go into too many divisions. Well, if you, yeah, that's okay with me, Matt. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> are you kidding me? He's like, and done. Um, I want to see it expanded to 16 teams in the playoff. So, Max, I want to go back to what you just said, though. Had they done this even a year ago, because it, it's a good point. It's one I really haven't heard before. You think that maybe would have helped save the Pac-12? Because now I'm looking at the way the season started, and Oregon's pretty much out of a playoff uh, run. Utah's pretty much out of it. USC's really the only team from the Pac-12 that realistically could make the playoff this year. And that doesn't help the Pac-12 because they're not even going to be in the Pac-12 in two years. Exactly. Because think about this. If you could sustain a Utah and an Oregon loss, if it doesn't matter because the Pac-12 champion gets in automatically, you don't worry about it. And therefore, as long as you have a seat at the table, that's all that matters. And that's why USC and UCLA went to the Big Ten was not just because of money, but because we want to be in a position to actually compete year in and year out. If we do beat an Ohio State, we do beat a Michigan, we can get into the playoff because if we run the table in the Pac-12 and there's only two ranked teams, that strength of schedule is not going to play in favor of the, uh, for the CFP. And it's all about looks and it's all about numbers attached to names that you beat. And there's just not enough of those things, as we saw, right? Utah takes that one stumble and now it's like, okay, it's over with. we got to put all of our eggs in the USC basket that's going to be leaving us soon. And I think it would have possibly have made it more entertaining and give George Kliakov a lot more firepower to then go back at these schools to, to entertain them to stay within the conference. Don't you think, though, Max? I mean, uh, what I'm surprised to, based on what you're saying right here, I'm I'm shocked that these schools they didn't hear anything in the grapevine. They didn't know this was coming. This wasn't. They they didn't know it was on the horizon to do this. I. It makes no sense to me because these guys sit around. They have lunch together. Mm-hmm. That's where I I I take out the old Scooby Doo nose and I. <laughs> And I smell something that looks like it came from the backside of something. And I don't believe that. Just like Bob Bowlesby, right? I mean, how, how did this happen under, under his watch, under his nose? Texas, Oklahoma, him and, him and Sankey are working hand in hand. And all of a sudden, Texas, Oklahoma's gone. Yeah. Um, 
something had to have been said and they just chose to ignore it. Right. I think that's ultimately what came down to it. But nobody, but everybody's so prideful. They don't want to admit fault in this. Great. And that's why we are where we are right now. <laughs> yes, we are. Hey, enjoy the Pac-12 this year. Nice. <laughs> you should just take one team out each year until it gets down to like the Pac-4. Max, uh, <laughs> thank you for everything. Thank you for uh, for Emory Jones, even though you really didn't sell me on him there. That that seemed like that was painful for you. He's a good quarterback. He's he's just he's not gonna he's not gonna get you over the hump. He's not gonna cost you the game. So other guys emerge on this team and you can find that electric running game, then yes, he is a perfect compliment for that. Well, I just heard such ASU an SEC is a tournament. Snob. Yeah, seriously. He's a good tournament quarterback as long as you don't need him I have to no throw. clue what you're talking about, Wolf. I can't hear you. The, 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 the CFP championships are clogging my ears. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I'm so glad. Max, thank you, buddy. God <laughs> Thanks, bless Max. you, man. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Take care. All right. That was Max Starks there with Maximum Football. Uh, when we come back, Wolf, D-backs. Talk to Mike Hazen a little bit earlier to get his thoughts on what they can possibly do with their bullpen. It cost them another game last night. We'll get into that next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. So were there two of us? There were two of us in the Wolf Pack. I was alone first in the pack. Wait a second. Could it be? I just added two more guys to my Wolf Pack. Four of us wolves running around the desert together. In Las Vegas. You and your wolf pack in Vegas for Cards Raiders. Do you want to win? All right, well, it's time for our weekend with the Wolfpack Qualifier. And right now, Wolf, it is Justin Town from Buckeye. So, Justin, you have 10 minutes to call 602-260-9870 to qualify for the grand prize trip to Vegas. See the Cardinals take on the Raiders in Week 2 and hotel stay courtesy of Circa Resort and Casino. If Justin Town doesn't call within 10 minutes, then we will open the phone lines to somebody else. If you didn't hear your name, you can still win by texting Vegas to 620-620, and you can listen for your name tomorrow between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. PM, of course, during the show. Once again, Justin Town from Buckeye. Ten minutes to call 602-260-9870. That will qualify you for the Vegas trip, and it gets you tickets to Chiefs Cardinals this weekend. <laughs> what Justin, are you doing over Justin, there? Justin, honestly, you're not playing us, are you? Justin Town? You're not playing us. Well, it's not Justin Time. No, Justin Town. Yeah. But if his name was Justin Time, I would say it sounds well, like Well, uh, you know, I'm just in town. I'm just in town for the weekend. He's just in town until he goes saying, to Vegas in two just weeks. Just in town. He really okay, is the perfect person to win this, right? I like that. No, just in town. Of course. Yeah, that's awesome right there. Call in, Justin. He gets to Vegas, and they can be like, hey, uh, what, how long are you here? I'm just so in town for the weekend. what has he got again? He's got 10 minutes, correct? He's got 10 minutes to call. 602-260-9870. Otherwise, we're giving away those Chiefs tickets and that qualifying spot to somebody else. Just in town. Here yeah. we go, buddy. Hopefully he calls in at You got about nine minutes right about now. Yeah, we, we wasted one of your minutes, uh, Justin. <laughs> just in town. Also, Wolf, as we get over to baseball here. For the weekend. Just... <laughs> is this... Are you working on a stand-up no, act? No, going of on course. Uh, it's not even one thirty. Aaron Judge is already homered again today. Oh my goodness! And they are—they're playing a doubleheader, so this could get uh, real interesting today. <laughs> um, so what? Fifty-one? Fifty-five? I, what? Because he hits one every single uh, I, day. I know. So if uh, you, what am I doing? Well, you maybe you thought today was like Sunday or something because <laughs> just just go ahead and mark one up every day. Okay. He, this is his third straight day with a home run. Oh my goodness! And five in his last oh seven games. Oh my goodness! 
It's not like I sit around and look at Yankee box scores. I'm not doing that. But, oh, I had no <laughs> idea. He hit three in the last three days? One each day. He never hits two. It's, all, it's one, but it's one every okay. single day. Wow. I just didn't realize it was at 55. 55. Man. What do you consider the home run record? Like, do you consider it Bonds with 70, or do you consider it uh, Roger Maris <laughs> at 61? you, you got to go Barry Bonds. Okay. You have to. A lot of people 70. don't, I don't know, acknowledge I know. That. Exactly. His head grew. I get <laughs> it. It did, literally. His feet grew. I understand that. But, yeah, you, you've got it. He did it. I'm trying to see the exact pace. Aaron Judge right now is obviously on pace to beat Maris. He's on pace for 65 and a half home runs. Man, that's, that's incredible. Absurd. What's going on in the American League with him and then with Shohei Otane being bit like maybe the best pitcher and one of the best hitters? It's <laughs> you know, I, I, you, when you talk about Shohei, it's kind of like Babe who? And I know, I know everyone, can you imagine the people out there that are just so bent when you say that? Yeah, Yankee fans. But this guy, this guy right here, Shohei, when he's done, honestly. If he keeps doing that, we've never seen anything like this. I'm not talking about him beating Babe Ruth in his home run, you know, the, the, the career home run. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, you know, Babe Ruth, the way we look at it, and we think of Babe Ruth as one of the most incredible baseball players. Shohei Otani. This guy, could he win a Cy Young? Yes. You can't even look up his stats because they don't know if they should give you his pitching stats or his hitting stats. I'm, I'm seriously, this guy, is he the greatest baseball player we've ever seen? I, <laughs> he's got to keep doing it for a little bit. But he's got a 2.58 ERA this year and 11 wins on an Angels team that doesn't win games. And that's in addition to all his hitting. When it's all said and done, this guy has this long storied career. The way it continues to evolve, the way we think it's going to evolve, is he not the greatest baseball player ever? Well, think about, too, I mean, Yankees fans, like you said, will get bent out of shape over the Babe Ruth comparisons. What happens if he wins the MVP over Aaron Judge in a year where Aaron Jones hit, Judge hits 65 home runs. Yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> the AL MVP race is it's absurd. Incredible, Whichever one of them doesn't win, it's going to be historically ridiculous. Uh, over to the National League and the Diamondbacks playing well, but not getting much help from their bullpen. That happened again last night. 5 nothing lead turns into a 6-5 loss. 5-4 lead in the bottom of the ninth turns into a 6-5 loss. Mike Hazen joined us earlier, and Wolf... Even before we brought up the bullpen, he seemed a little, you know, just frustrated. Having, he was, yeah. Uh, should have been a win last he night. He was angry. <laughs> the sea was angry that day, my friend. I don't blame him. You just, I know. I, you, you could still, okay, he wasn't overtly angry, um, but the edge was clear. He didn't sound like he was enjoying how fun this team has been lately. Yes. Because they lost the not. game last night they should have won. Yeah, and it always seems that every time Mike comes on, Boy, it's, it's after a loss. It a, and it's always like the, he gets the rough losses. Mike Fitzgerald gets the like, yeah, D-backs are on a seven-game winning streak. And, hey, look, and, it's Amiel Sade. <laughs> Amiel, do you want to talk about the four-game win streak you're on? You know, yeah, I get it. Uh, Corbin Carroll got called up. Let's call Amiel and talk about that. Oh, they <laughs> exactly. lost in the bottom of the ninth. Let's call Mike Hazen. Uh, he talked 
talked about the bullpen obviously needing to improve. This is with us earlier today. We've talked about this all season long, not necessarily just in this context, but it, we, we these the losses like last night are the toughest losses to swallow a lot of times because you know in a lot of ways it's it's what makes that job so difficult. You know, there's there's no margin for error, um, and when you're in a one run game, you know those those are the things that happen, and you know so there's two two defenses to that. You 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 score more, <laughs> you give yourself a little bit more margin for error in that inning, um, and and or you know you, you gotta you gotta shut it down. Um, we haven't done a great job of that on the whole, whole of the season. Uh, I think you know the amount of losses we've taken in that area uh, is something that we if we're going to become the team that we need to be, um, you carry a one run lead on the road against a team like that, you got to close that game out. So we, we, it's it's something that we're definitely going to be fixated on now and moving forward, uh, and it's something we are well aware of that needs to improve for us to become what we want to become. We talked about this earlier, Wolf. I think it was off the air. Um, <laughs> like, D-backs fans are frustrated, and I get it. I mean, yeah. to, with with this part of it, there's so much else to be excited about. And I guess on the one hand, it's it's good to be in a spot where on September 7th, it's frustrating that your team blew the game last night, or your bullpen blew the game, because these games still are kind of fringy, meaningful, considering who they're playing, and the way the D-backs have been playing as far as maybe a playoff race. But... It's just funny to me how many people look and they're like, well, the front office did this. They didn't go out and address the bullpen. Yeah. Mark Melanson's numbers last year, again, this is not this year, but but last year, he had 39 saves and a 2.23 ERA. Yes. The one thing they specifically went out and addressed in the offseason was the bullpen. Was. So if I'm Mike Hazen, I I would be so frustrated. It, it wasn't Melanson last night. It was Ian Kennedy. Yes. Kennedy hasn't been a whole lot better. Right, but the reason why Ian Kennedy is out there is because now it's closer by committee once yeah. again. It, basically, that means whoever we feel like we're going to go with, that. We're going to go ahead and say, hey, it's, it's you, Ian Kennedy. 21 blown saves this year. 21 blown saves. Not for Ian Kennedy, but just for the D-back. Exactly D-back. right. Think about that. Mark Melanson, here's a guy that was an all-star last year for the fourth time in his career. An all-star last year. And you go out and sign him. He's going to be your closer. And all of a sudden, you've got problems and issues with a closer. And it's going to be closing by committee. Can you imagine how frustrated Mike Hazen has got to be? Because they were not irresponsible. They brought a guy in they thought was going to be able to do that. Because it is it is a very unusual position in the game of baseball. It is the most difficult to me. You've got to have a different dude, a different brain, a different mindset to be a closer. Well, how about just the... the contrast over the last, I don't know, let's just say since the All-Star break, okay? So you talk about Mark Melanson and Ian Kennedy among the sort of the headliners of the bullpen that hasn't been getting it done, okay? Those are both vets. Now you got all these guys, you've got the Dalton Varshows and the Alec Thomas and Corbin Carrolls and Jake McCarthy and all these different guys that, that are first, second year players, they are getting it done. But then your vets aren't getting like, tell Marte. When's the last time Cattell Marte oh got a hit? Oh my goodness, I know. Cattell, Cattell Marte at this point is, if there's a guy on base, it's a double play. Well, he made play. a nice play, though. He made a no, nice I, play in the overshift. And he's going to pull out of it at some point. I mean, he's still a part of your future, but it's just, it's it's so strange to me that it's all the rookies and the second-year players that are playing really well 
during this run. Yes. And the vets, not all of them are, are struggling. Like Christian Walker really isn't struggling. Marte at this point is like, it's a strikeout if nobody's on. It's a double play if somebody is on. You know, my favorite part of the Mike Hazen conversation was the fact he was citing the competition, the inter-competition mm-hmm. with the outfielders. And <laughs> There's only so many at-bats we're going to be able to get here. Okay, and and we're all competing for at bats right now. Um, I love that. See, couldn't the that energy happen? inside that clubhouse got to be off the charts? Why can't that happen in the bullpen? I mean, it, you why why can't that be? And I know it's not something you can just well, say. Hey, this needs to happen, yeah. and it happens. But if you've created right. it with the hitters. Is it because you have two pitchers in Melanson and Kennedy specifically that have had a lot of success in this league and they're not having it now and, and they're they're rattled? I don't know. Like, I just to me, if you had like three young players competing to be the closer right now, yeah, maybe right. different results. I, I think older guys are more callous to that stuff. Of hey, you know, this I am who I am. This is what I've been. I've been for oh, I don't know. 17 years or 14 years. You know, I mean, you get you get totally used to being a pro and you take it for granted at some point in time. But you are what you are, especially in the game of baseball. Yeah, you, you're either a proven commodity. It's not like suddenly the light bulb is going to go on. Um, many times you can see a guy develop, no doubt about it, a young guy. But what I loved about it, you have to have a base talent level as well. Hey, these guys that are competing right now for the Diamondbacks in the outfield, they've got real talent. I'm talking about athletic, professional, grade A, pay me talent. They've got speed. They've got they're fu- these guys are five tool guys. Um. Yeah, that's why there's a lot of competition. You don't have that kind of talent, I think, in the bullpen. This is Melanson's ERA since 2013, okay? This is just real quick by year. 1.39, 1.90, 2.23, Now, he had a 4.5 with San Francisco in 2017, but then in 2018, a 3.23, uh, 3.6 that was spread out over two teams, 2.78, 2.23. Yeah, what's your point? This year, it's like all of those <laughs> added up. <laughs> like, oh my you goodness. are talking about one of the best bullpen pitchers over the last decade around baseball. Not, not and I'm like, not, not trying to best, say I'm not trying to say he doesn't have talent. I'm not trying to say that. What I'm trying to say is not this raw athletic talent that an outfielder. It's the reason why the outfield is creating a buzz on this team and inside that clubhouse. The inner competition right now to be the best. Hazen cited it, and I'm with him. Uh, Hazen also cited the fact that the DH coming to the National League this year really helps the D-backs because you have five very impressive young outfielders. This allows you to play four of them, and then you can kind of rotate it through, and nobody really cools off too much with uh, with off days. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back, Cliff Kingsbury speaking today, giving some injury updates. We'll get you those next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Hi, this is Zach Ertz, and you're listening to 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. I mean, he's just a comfort level. You know, he's always open. I don't know how. I don't know why. Lobs it. Far side. Ertz with the catch of the 30. Loose of the 20. Far side. 15-10. Five. Touchdown. Zach Ertz. 47 yards. I'm 
made a point to my agent that this is where I wanted to be. No matter what the other offers would have been, I wanted to find a way to get it done here. It's pretty impressive the trust that Kyler and him have developed in such a short time. Let's rock. I love you. Let's go. Wolf and Luke talk Cardinals now. Yeah, we will get an official injury report here at some point today, but there are a lot of questions for the Cardinals. A lot more than I ever remember having going into week one of the season, Wolf. Obviously, it's well documented who they're playing in week one. The Kansas City Chiefs as well. Should uh, point out, Justin called in, got his uh, got his home opener tickets, and got qualified for that trip to Vegas in week two. Man, we're two for two. Are two we not two. on that? This is, a, I would say, a big enough promotion where you can't afford to miss it if you're a football <laughs> fan, right? I mean, you, not only do you get to potentially see the Cardinals in Vegas against the Raiders, courtesy of Circa Resort and Casinos, so that's a nice hotel stay, too. But uh, but you're getting tickets to Cardinals Chiefs in Week One, so we will, just in town. We'll qualify somebody again tomorrow mm. at some point between ten and two. Cannot wait for that, man. That is going really really well. Uh, here's Cliff talking about. Boy, this, this feels like this was three days ago. Colt McCoy is on the IR. That was that was only today. Trace McSorley is now the backup. Here's Cliff. Calf strain. Um, you know, just heard it during practice, and it's unfortunate, but um, we'll get Trace going and uh, keep it rolling. Whoa, man, honestly, the calf thing. This is who we were talking about it earlier. This is starting to bother me, isn't it? J.J. Watt has got a calf. Colt McCoy's got a calf. Um, Zach Ertz <laughs> had the calf. Now, Zach Ertz actually practiced yeah, today, correct? So a nice uh, segue right there. Zach Ertz did practice. Here's Cliff on that. Improving. I think it'll be a game-time decision, but definitely um, look better, and we're hoping we can get something out of him. I don't know how much we'll play. We'll be smart either way on Sunday, but he, he looked better today. What's the record for most game-time decisions going into week <laughs> one of a season that doesn't, is in a game that doesn't involve Bill Belichick? I don't even know. I, I I don't know what to say about it. I've never seen so many injuries going in, especially when you took it very, very lightly uh, during the preseason, during training camp as well. Um, man, I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, look, all how the, many guys? All the uh, the injury like report 12? is full. Maybe that's why the injury report hasn't come out yet because they ran out of printer ink and they uh, can't actually put the whole thing so together. Funny, I Luke. Know, <laughs> it's so funny, I forgot to laugh. Uh, wow, that's even funnier than my line. Uh, more on Colt McCoy. When did he get hurt? So that uh, Monday. Monday. All right. <laughs> Uh, but this is important oh, man. to point out. It's uh, and Cliff did point this out. It's not the arm that kept him, I guess, sidelined in the preseason. Not an issue. Yeah, this is just just a calf right now. Uh, I don't know if that's better or worse. I think it's better. I mean, if your quarterback has an arm issue, that yeah. seems like just by nature a problem. What's going on, buddy? I mean, Buddy Morris, the strength and conditioning coach. <laughs> buddy, you know I'm just ripping you. You know that I am. You're one of the best in the business. I get it. How about some calf raises or something, bud? I, I, maybe just nobody do anything with the calf. Uh, here's J.J. Watt, as you mentioned. He has a calf as well, so a bit of a calf strain. He's day-to-day, um, so hopefully he'll be ready by Sunday. Mm. What yeah. was the game? Didn't they have a game He's against... day-to-day. I, here's what I'm going to tell you right now. Everybody's day-to-day. I, I just feel, I feel comfortable doing, though I have no knowledge whatsoever. You need to understand that. J.J. Watt's going to play on Sunday. Didn't Ron they, Wolfley 
Speculating. Yeah, speculating. Get the breaking speculation sounder. Didn't they have a game last year where everybody on the 49ers had a calf strain and everybody on the Cardinals had like a shoulder issue or something? Like everybody on each team had the same injury, it felt like. Yeah, I don't know. Um, all right, good. Thanks. That's the answer I was looking I'd for. like to back you up on that. I just can't. How about this? This will this will get you going. Max Williams, what about his status? Because you figure Max, he's the guy that had the serious injury last year. He's not going to play, right, Cliff? Max Williams, full go. Yes. Full go. No way. See what? Full go. <laughs> what is happening? You guys told me this, but I, I I did not hear the sound. Well, you got to listen, listen how quick. resolute. Listen how resolute Cliff is when he says this. But you got to listen quickly. Max Williams, full go. He is. He is said with conviction. He is. Slap shots and big hits. What more do you need? (laughs) See? Because Max was a hockey player growing up, so he's good to go. Once again, what about uh, Rodney Hudson? What about Rodney? What's going on with Rodney Hudson? I like big butts and I cannot lie. I don't don't really have an update for I mean, Rodney's got feelings, too. I um here this well here this is the statuses of Rodney Hudson and Justin Pugh okay again listen quickly this is we we got Cliff when we have him like in studio he gives right. us like a good like forty five second answer these are quick yeah I think both will be more game time decisions Rodney's gotten better um, each week but we want to make sure he's completely healthy before we put him out there how about okay. this this is I I didn't hear the question here but I'm assuming just a, finally an exasperated media member being like hey is anybody definitely out Sunday Cliff I think it comes out at one o'clock, so we'll leave you hanging on that. But there'll be a couple, I'm sure. That is so well played by Cliff. Yeah, of course. Why would you give any aid, comfort, or shelter to your opponent and let them know who's going to play and who isn't? Why would you? you why? You're gonna have you wouldn't. To. You wouldn't do that. Okay, so I've got no problem with Cliff playing these games. I don't. It's called gamesmanship. That's what's going on. I have on a problem right with now. Cliff playing the games. I want to know why so many players are hurt when no. Right. But you, See, you that's took, my problem. You too. took the path of trying, like the trade off to not having everybody in kind of in a rhythm going into week one was that we were supposed to have everybody healthy. Right. That doesn't seem to be really working out. This was Cliff on with us yesterday <laughs> talking about that. There's quite a few um, game time decisions, more than you'd like. There's no question. But uh, a lot of those guys are veteran players that we know know what to do, know how to play, um, know how to handle the business. So hopefully if they can go on Sunday, they'll go and play at a high level. So I'm <sighs> guessing that means if a Rodney Man. Hudson, if a Marcus Golden, if those got Justin Pugh, yes. Zach Ertz, JJ, if any of these guys can get in you know, practice later the week? I was, yes, that'd be fantastic right there. Because once again, Rodney Rodney Hudson understands how to play the position. He does. He gets it. He's been doing it for so long. He does. He understands all of it. He understands the offense. He can conceptualize the grease board. He knows what his playbook says. He can go out and regurgitate it because he's done it such, such, um, he's done it with such goodness and poise and skill for his entire career. He could do it, of course, but why has he not practiced at all right now? I mean, as far as I know, he's not been out there practicing. And can you imagine what that might look like to get your first live reps out there on the field? That blows my mind. I, mean, I, th- I can't even think about that. Most most fans around the Valley are looking forward to Sunday. Yes, okay, you're playing the Chiefs. If you... If you lose to the Chiefs, it's not a great start. Yeah. But, but nobody's going to be like, well, you lost to the Chiefs. You're screwed. 
But if you beat the Chiefs, okay, you got a chance to really kind of make a name for yourself early in the season. Now I know late in the season is what matters, especially around here. I get it. But the other thing that is enticing about week one is we get to see all these guys that didn't play in the preseason play. Yeah. Now all I know is we get to see <laughs> Kyler Murray and Isaiah Simmons play. Yes. And some other guys uh, will be out there. No, look, it's a long season. <laughs> it's not even week one. All right, week one of the NFL season does kick off tomorrow with uh, Bills Rams. Text pick to 620-620 to sign up and compete against Dan Bickley for your chance at the grand prize 75-inch TV courtesy of Corona Extra. Weekly winners are going to receive an NFL jersey of their choice and a $50 gift card to cold beers and cheeseburgers. So text pick to 620-620 to enter. We come back. Some of the big names are speaking today. Wolf, we're going to hear a little bit from Kyler Murray, a little bit from Hollywood Brown, a little bit from Marco Wilson. That's all next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Hi, this is Kyler Murray, and you're listening to 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Nobody in this room is fast as this kid. He's like that little kid. You can't catch me. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Snap to Murray, and he's going to keep it off the left side. He's at the 10, at the 5. He's in again. Some more Murray magic. Our guy is one of those that gives you a chance every Sunday, and at his best, you know, I don't know who's better in this league. Let's be the best. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Wolf and Luke talk Cardinals. Now. Today, so I'm going to run through these. We can react quickly. Let's start with Kyler Murray. Not playing in the preseason. Will he be ready, though? Not Obviously, he's playing. <laughs> One of the few guys that doesn't have a distinction or a question next to his name. Kyler Thank is playing. Goodness. But how ready is he going to be? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, obviously the practice reps, I mean, you can't really put a price tag on, uh, you know, the, the game reps, everybody being live and, you know, getting hit and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, it's year four for me. I've played enough football to where I feel good enough. I feel comfortable enough with what we do um, and, you know, how guys move around on the field, all that stuff, you know. Um, if, if this is my first year playing, I feel like yeah, I'll probably be out there in the preseason. But uh, I don't think the risk, you know, the risk reward isn't. Um, it's not there. So um, no, I feel good. I feel ready to go. I'm going to go out on a limb, Wolf, yeah. and say Kyler Murray doesn't play in the preseason next year either. Yeah, right. I I don't think we'll ever see him play in the preseason. I, I don't know that from we this are point going forward. To. Why Why would you? Even if what he, year six, all of a sudden you're going to yeah, be like, man, get back out there. Get me out there. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm ready to go. Um, well, Brady's no, I, in I year 38, and he's playing. I, I, well, there you go. That's yeah. Tom Brady, though, yeah. once again, right? Um, no, I don't think Kyler Murray needs to go out in preseason in order to play well in the regular season. And if you don't believe that, all you need to do is go back and look at last preseason. That's all I'm saying. It wasn't like he had 40 reps in preseason or a significant amount of reps in preseason. He didn't. I think he had like 11, yeah. if that. I do wonder, though, if they start slow this season, and it may have nothing to do with everybody resting in the preseason. Just look at their schedule. But if they start slow, I wonder if more guys will be playing in the preseason next year. Probably not Kyler, but I wonder if, if other starters may see more time. Yeah, I, I don't know about that. I really don't. Um, it all depends on the injury situation and what is the status of all these guys that are on the injury list. Is this legit? Is this games? I mean, again, I'm not saying they're faking this stuff. They're not. But to what degree? 
is that stinger of Justin Pugh's? Well, the problem is you're getting guys with multiple injuries now. Colt McCoy had an arm issue. Now he has a calf issue on top <laughs> yeah, of it. Right. So, yeah, right. Uh, Kyler Murray, you're, you always ask this question, Wolf. Are you a goal guy? Somebody asked yeah. Kyler what his goals were for this season. Yeah, that's the, that's the, that's the vision. That's the goal. Uh, like I said, if you don't if you don't play for that, uh, I don't know why you play. Well, his the, that vision was Super Bowl and MVP. Those were his goals for this. Okay, <laughs> pretty no. lofty goals. Oh, just yeah. be the, the best. I think you know, best. just go out and be the best, and you know, prove it on the field. About uh, talking about Rodney Hudson. I mean, Rodney, Rodney, he's he's the smartest I've ever played with. Um, obviously, besides his talent, I mean, his mental. He's, he's yeah, he takes a lot off my plate. Um, not that he has to, but it's it makes my job a ton easier when I don't have to do things that you know they they, they allow him to do, or you know he'll he'll uh, warn me or whatever if he sees a certain uh, blitz or stuff like that. Um, so the teamwork out there is great, and he gets those guys lined up. Um, it allows the you know the young guys to play faster as well. DJ, uh, DJ Beach, everybody. So um, it, it's great having Roddy back. Yeah, not to mention the fact that, of course, he's also very, very good in terms of coming off the ball and blocking people. Rodney Hudson does an excellent job of keeping that pocket firm, the interior part of that pocket. Would you say that's important when you have a quarterback that is 5'10 and an eighth? Say yes, because it is. We all know that. You have to keep that interior pocket stout, and I think Rodney does an excellent job, and it's one of the reasons why I'm excited to see him um, back in the middle again, not only making the calls for pass protection, but also the fact that physically he's he's an excellent alternative, a guy that does so well in pass protection and also can come off the ball. About more from Kyler on uh, on Hudson's absence this off season. I was never really worried about it because just talking to him, uh, talking to the coaches and stuff like that. I know people were worried about it, but Rodney loves the game. You know, Rodney wants to be here. Obviously, health and stuff like that. Take, you know, it plays a part but um I, I knew he wanted to be here so how much better are we all going to feel if <laughs> look you want to win in week one yeah but how much better are we all going to feel just simply if Luke rodney Lipinski hudson reported. Yeah, hold on let me get herm on the line that's why he played the games um but you want to win in week one but and then you want to win in week two well actually i want to win in week, week like 15 16 17 but if you set that aside That's for a well second, played by you how much better are we going to feel if rodney hudson just plays on sunday and plays I'm, well and there's no he, he will have to worry about rodney hudson again yeah you know what when we announce the captains that would be worth actually doing again okay. we, we announced the captains i was jacked up because there was one guy in particular who got the C. Okay, so here they are. Ready? Here's yeah, your captains. Okay. Last year, the Cardinals had nine captains. Okay? Yeah, right. Um, three of them aren't captains anymore because one is Chandler Jones. He's gone. One is Jordan Hicks. He's gone. And one was uh, DeAndre Hopkins, who really can't be a captain. He's going to miss the first six games. Yeah, okay? right. So the other six guys that were captains last year are still captains this year. Kyler Murray, Rodney Hudson. DJ Humphreys, Dennis Gardeck, J.J. Watt, and Buda Baker. Okay. And then they added in two additional captains, James Conner and Jalen Thompson. Oh, those are two good captains to add into right there, right? But the, the one name that got my attention, it was Rodney Hudson. Rodney Hudson. He's going to play. Honestly, I, you know, just the whole mystery, it, uh, about Rodney Hudson and Rodney Hudson not showing up for minicamp and 
Rodney Hudson <laughs> not practicing. I, I understand he there was a reason why. Um, you know, the injury report was there, of course. But for me, man, I, I just I marvel. I just marvel at Rodney Hudson. He's going to get his first live reps out on the field week one if he plays. That's stunning to me. Yeah. Well, you would love Twitter right now. You've got Kyler Murray and Metallica trending on Twitter right now. How's, why is Metallica trending? I think it's because Injustice for All came out 24 years ago today. Oh, wow. That's that's my, my quick research here. Yeah, oh, look at that. Yeah, well, you know, Adrian four, Wilson's man. number. <laughs> oh, boy, what a kick in the cradle. <laughs> uh, more from uh, from Kyler. How about this? Has anything changed for him now that Colt McCoy's out the, the first four weeks? No. No, I mean, I mean, obviously it's you know unfortunate, um, kind of you know starting the week off on like a, a downer with with somebody getting hurt. Obviously, somebody you care about, you know, um, on his birthday, it's tough. You know, that was, that was yeah, that was a tough. But uh, no, I mean, he, Trace Trace is good. Trace is uh, Trace is obviously ready to go. Um, but I'm, I'm like I said, I'm focused on executing on Sunday. Yeah, you know what, honestly, hopefully we never see Trace McSorley, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Um, obviously, we want to see Kyler Murray out there, and the Arizona Cardinals need to run the ball. And I don't mean Kyler Murray running the ball. The Arizona Cardinals need to run the ball against this Kansas City Chiefs team. That's where they struggle. They struggle the most in trying to stop the run. Number 31 in the National Football League in rushing yards per carry alone. 4.77 number 21 in rushing yards per game allowed now why would they be number 21 when they're giving up almost five yards i'll tell you why man because no team is actually running the ball and the reason being is because they got to throw it to stay in the game all right we're done for today thanks to aaron maloney jesse morrison behind the glass for wolf i'm luke we've got burns and gambo next on 98.7 fm arizona sports station